Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Also, we said that um, before we got born again, we were born into and raised with natural love. Everybody say natural love. As the parents between fathers and mother, mothers and children, fathers and children, those are natural love. That's the only love we knew. Many of you grew under that. We all grew under that. We're born into that. Natural love. Jesus told us that there are two kinds of births. Is that not true? When he spoke to Nicodemus, he said that which is born of the flesh is what? Of the flesh. The flesh means the natural love. We're all born into this world through our mother. And we're born into a natural love, a natural life. It says, but there is another birth that is needed because of what Adam did in the beginning. When he disobeyed, natural birth became fallen, became corrupted. Natural love became corrupt. It was not under the administration and influence of God's love. The nature of God in man left. And when that nature left, the only thing that was left to man was to function and try to figure his way with his senses. And that's corruption because you were not built to function that way. So right from Adam's transgression, everything man did was based on the senses, natural love. But Jesus came and said, I have come that you might have what? You might have life. What is that life? The nature of Christ. And that nature of Christ is a love nature. When you get born again, you are upgraded from natural love to divine love. Say divine love. Divine. That divine love is the nature of Christ. That's what you and I possess. Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So once you're born again, you are not to function in your mind by natural love anymore. Why? We said there are two things about natural love. One, it is what? Selfish. And number two, it is what? Offendable. It can be offended. Satan wants me and you, listen to me and listen to me very carefully. Satan wants man to operate by natural love. You know why? Because it is selfish and self-centered and as a result, he can easily influence it. When men function by natural love, they can get offended. They can get offended. The sad killing that took place in Sokoto because some people felt that their religion was blasphemed and without a second thought, killed, stoned an innocent girl to, to death and not just stoning her to death. They even had the effrontery to burn her body. Those people felt they were acting in obedience to their religion. That's natural love. Natural love can easily be influenced by Satan. In an instant, they can get offended. But there is another kind of love that you and I have been born into. Say amen. The day you got born again, you were born into a new kind of life. And you know the thing is this. Even though you are saved, you can still continue to operate with natural love. Yeah, in your dealings with one another, in your dealings with your children, in your dealings with your spouse, in your dealings with your family people. But note this. If you operate by natural love, you are always going to be disappointed. What did I say? Yeah. Because natural love can easily be disappointed because it's selfish and it's offendable. So God understood that. That's what you say. I have given you a new command that you should love one another even as what? as I have loved you. So Jesus came to do two things. To give us his nature of love and to show us by example how to love the God way. Because when you love the God way, you bring God on the scene. So we began to look at the characteristics or the attributes of that love. Why are we looking at them? Because if you're operating in divine love, these characteristics will speak. Are you hearing me? So go to 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 4 to verse 8. We've read that before. We're just going to read that for, the, for those who were not in the first service. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to verse number 8. Are we there? He says, can we, can we put that on the screen? 1 Corinthians 
13, verse 4 to All right, if you have your Bible, let's do that for time's sake. Are we there? Can we do it together, everybody? Want to go? Charity suffereth long, and is what? Is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunted not itself. I'm not hearing everybody. Want to go? Charity suffereth long, and. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm not hearing everybody. Verse 5, everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of you are not really know. Verse 6, everybody. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 8. Never fails, correct? They will fail. All right. Go to verse 13. Final verse there of that same. Want to go, everybody? Now, what did we say charity is? The Christ kind of love. A new command I give unto you that you love one another even as I have what? Loved you. So what we just read describes the characteristic of the Christ kind of love. When you operate in the love of Christ or the love of God, which is your nature, these are the qualities that will speak in your life. Notice what he said in verse 8. He said charity or the Christ kind of love never fails. Are you hearing me? Natural love fails all the time. It will fail. It's a falling love, so it will fail. The word is a falling place. It's a falling system. The Bible describes it in Galatians 1 for this present evil world. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have what? Tribulation. All right? So one of the tribulations is a failing love. The love that operates within this system is a falling one. One of the very popular musicians you guys heard of, you, you both know him very well. I was reading something about him. When he, they married when they were very young, and he said because of his career, for the first two years, he didn't focus on his marriage, so he divorced with his wife, and they reunited recently, and they were saying that it was because I focused on my career. That was why I didn't focus on my marriage, and as a result, my marriage failed. That's why I don't want to go back to marriage again, because I don't want my marriage to okay, because I love my music career. That's natural love talking. Natural love is the reason for divorce. You don't operate divine love and end up in divorce. Listen, you can be born again and you can be running natural love mode in your relationship. And let me tell you this, if you operate natural love, quarreling will never stop. Because anything outside of divine love or charity, it will fail. Even if you are gifted, you will still fail. Why? Because the love of God is the character of God, is the nature of God. So it is. So when you operate by divine love, you bring God's character into your reality and into your dealings, and as a result, it will insulate it and ensure it from failure. When a husband and wife begin to quarry and shout on themselves, they are not in divine love. They are in natural mode, because natural mode is very selfish, and selfish is self-protection. Everybody defending their own point. This is what I do. No, this is how I see it. And, and when selfishness meets selfishness, what you have is selfishness unlimited. All right? So we're learning how to function by nature. And, and we've, we've said that, that uh, the more we become aware of it, the more minded we become of them. Because what you do comes from what you think. And what you think comes from what you know. To know, when you know what God's word says, it begins to influence the way you think. And once you begin to think it, what you think will formulate your belief system. Your actions come from what you believe. So while we're teaching this, the goal is to bring the awareness of the nature that you now possess in Christ. What are those attributes? What are those characteristics? So that as you become more aware of them, it will reframe your belief system. Because some of the things some of you have believed about, about love has nothing to do with agape. Some of them is telemundo. Even if you even said, you don't know that Jesus is not inside that philosophy of love. You broke my heart. There's nothing like that in the Bible. They don't break people's heart in the Bible. 
Did you hear what I said? Because you don't break, you can't break, you, can you break God's heart? What, what do you mean break God's heart? You can't break God's heart. How? God's heart, God's love cannot be hurt. Cannot be provo easily provoked. It can be provoked, but it cannot be easily provoked. Except you want to make a record. But let's, let's understand that because many of us are punishing our relationship because we're operating. I'm going to talk about relationship. I'm talking about both husband and wife. Because the love of God is the love foundation that should inspire how we deal with ourselves, whether married or unmarried. It cuts across. Some of you are, the, the disappointment you've had in terms of relationship because you were operating natural love. That's why. Even when it ended, you can't forgive because what was running it was never, was never spiritual love. It was natural love. Because even after how many years, your, your, your something inside you is still swearing and wishing that you no go well for her, you no go better for her. Natural love, that's how they operate. Okay? So let, let's get used to what we are. Amen. We said, if you love the God way, number one, you'll be patient. Is that not true? The Christ kind of love is what? Patient. The word suffering long doesn't mean, and they suffer, where, where? And because I love them, and they suffer. Nah, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. We said, when you love the God way, you are what? Patient. What does it mean to be patient? It means to remain consistent in your stand. Everybody say, my stand. Your persuasion, your conviction irrespective of situation and provocation. You and I deal with situations every day. You've dealt with some before you came to church. You will deal with some after you leave church. What are situations? Situations are what we call events. Event is characterized by two factors. Issues and people. Are you hearing me? The interplay between issues and people is what, we cons what constitutes a situation. Do you understand that? Some of them may be provocative, some of them may be non-provocative. But it doesn't matter what it is. What you go through shouldn't change you. Hello? I've seen some people say, no, I've learned. I've learned. So what do you mean I learned? After I went through that thing, experience taught me. Excuse me. Experience does not teach. Experience will just show you that you had the opportunity to make better chances and you didn't make it. Did you hear what I said? Experience only reveals your need to know. And unfortunately, many of us, even when it happens, we don't learn. We, don't, we react in the flesh and we repeat the same thing. There are some people, their life is a cycle of pain after pain after pain after pain. Why? Because they have not learned. What teaches you in experience is the word of God. It's not experience that is the teacher. Hello? Some of you say experience. Experience, experience would deny you. Say, I, I, I don't know her. I don't know him. I didn't teach her anything. They are lying on me. Because you are trying to attribute or abrogate to experience what God has not given to experience. Experience is only a platform, a forum in a situation to make choices. That's what experience is. So when you remember that they come in from a memory, okay, some of things happen, certain things played out. It is not experience that determines the choices you make. Experiences is the occurrence itself. Once it happens, it becomes a memory. But the memory is not what it's going to teach you. The memory will remind you of what happened and the choices you made. And if you're not going to repeat the same memory, you better know what the word of God says so you don't repeat them again. Or you keep having cycles after cycles. There are some ladies, they only make friends with people that abuse them because their mind is abused and they make abuse choices. So they always attract abused people. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, so the, when you operate in the love of God, you are patient. What does it mean to be patient? It means you are true to what you believe in the word. It doesn't matter the provocation. You stay true to who you are in Christ. You stand on the word. You, you're not just, I just the tolerate him. No! You are standing on the word. There is an understanding of scripture behind your posture. You're not just trying to be a good person. No, you can't oh. It is God that is at work in us, both to what? To will and to do of his good pleasure. That's the difference. Glory be to God. Number two, we said if you love the God way, you will be kind. Hello? Ask your neighbor, are you kind? To be kind means to be compassionate. And I made a very important difference. To pity is 
situational. But to be compassionate is the bigger picture. God is, doesn't just pity you. God is compassionate towards you. Why? Because God's love for you is beyond you. It started with him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a scripture I quote almost every day. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Because his compassion faileth not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Lamentation 3.23. Scripture I've been quoting for years. It's because of the Lord's mercy that I am not consumed. Because the mercy of God simply reminds you that your acceptance with God is not based on your merit, but on his love for you. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. And it is out of that love he is compassionate towards you. So even if certain situation plays up in your life and you didn't make the best of choices, God's love does not give up on you and retire on you because of something that happened to you. He still loves you the same way. Are you hearing me? And it's because he loves you, that's why you recover from it. The Bible says the goodness of God that leads to what? Repentance. And what is that goodness? That God is merciful to me. And he loves me because he loved me before the foundation of the world. That's the difference between compassion. God's compassion has wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's compassion sees beyond the situation. That's why when Saul was Billy killing Christians, God saw Saul from what he destined him to be. Not from what he was doing. Because if God looks at us from what we're doing, <laughs> I don't think anybody will hear. Did you hear what I said? Because human love tends to deal with you based on the situation. What is happening there? The circumstances. So they have memories of your mistakes, memories of what has happened to you in the past. And it's natural love. It's normal to natural love not to let go. See, that's how you did it the other time. That's how you did it the other time. That's how you did it the other time. But divine love says your iniquities and sins I will remember no more. Why? Because every time God forgives you, he gives you a clean slate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if we want to practice Christianity, let us practice it. Because what some of you are doing is not Christianity. It's natural love. It's natural love. You do me, I do you. I find, I toot for I toot. God no verse. I lie. That's what you're doing. So we said, if you love, you don't envy. Is that not true? What does it mean to envy? To desire something that belongs to another. When you love, you don't do that. You celebrate the differences everybody has. We are loved one God, one Father, one faith. Is that not so? One Father of all. God loves us equally. He doesn't love us differently. But how we respond may be different, but his love towards us is equal. He's no respecter of persons. Is that not true? Is it not true? Now that same equal love has gifted us differently. Is that not true? My gifting may not be your gifting. My calling may not be your calling. But the differences in our calling and gifting doesn't make us different before God. The differences in our giftings and callings are opportunity to serve God in different capacity. So we don't use the gifting as a rating of our value. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you hear what I said? That, that's why when you operate in the love of God, you don't, you're not covetous. Just because you're different from me doesn't mean you're better than me. Are you, do you understand what I mean by that? Difference doesn't mean somebody is better than you. It's just different. Just that like you have a white dog and a black dog. A dog is a dog. Is that not so? Uh -huh. So when you love, you don't envy. You don't allow what people have to influence your reaction to them. You celebrate what they have. And you thank God for them. But you don't envy them. When you are envying people, you're not operating in, in the love of God. You're operating with natural love. Then we said the love of Christ, the, the Christ kind of love, does not vaunt it itself. The word vaunt means to show off. When you, are, you, you like to show off because you feel there's something you have that, that makes you entitled, instead of not realizing that without grace, nobody is anything. Paul said, I am, I, I am what I am by what? By the grace of God. You think what you have is because of you? Because you are sharp. You think you are smart. You are not smart. Oh. You are not that smart. Trust me. If God takes his grace from you, you are finished. L let me just remind you of some things you don't know. The air you are breathing, do you pay subscription for it? Eh? Are you sure? The sun that shines every morning, what do you pay for it? Do you pay for it? You don't. The sleep, you sleep every night. Who gives you the sleep? 
You think it's medicine? Do you know there's some people that drink medicine and they cannot sleep? Yeah, they can't sleep. They have two AC, but they're still sweating. Then you will know that sleep is a gift from God. To, to, if, before you begin to, to think that you are too much, before you begin to think that because of the way you look and because everybody's pretty, oh, you're pretty, you're sweet, oh, you're looking, oh, you're so charming, you're so, don't let it get into your head, oh. Take compliment like chingom. Chew it. Once the sweet finish, spit it out. Do you understand me? That's how you treat compliment. You don't swallow it. You chew and chew. And you say, thank you. Then you spit it out. That's how you treat compliment. Or else pride will enter your head. The next thing about the love of God is that the love of God is not puffed up. It's not proud. What does it mean to proud? To believe that there's something about you that makes you special and above every person. Maybe because of where you work or the kind of house you live or the kind of car you drive, you think because you have those, in quote, privileges, you are better than everybody. That's pride. And God hates it. Hates it. God is very personal with pride. Because pride is like challenging God to his face. When you love, you're not proud. You're humble. You're humble. One of the traits of true love is humility. Can I say this to everyone hearing me? As a father, as a mother, you can be operating with natural love with your children. How do I know? Whenever they disappoint you and they don't do something right, the way you react will show that it's not agape love you're using on them. It's natural love. The way you will express your disappointment, it will come out with hate. No, 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 no. In divine love, there is discipline. Is that not true? Yeah, there's discipline. Like one was doing to his son that misbehaved. Flog him will lay hands speaking tongue over him. Flog him will lay hands speaking tongue over him. Flog him will lay hands speaking tongue over him. Flog him will lay hands speaking tongue over him. That's called the love of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But natural love, look at you. Not be me born you. Eh, so how did he come? Are you confessing or what? Sorry, they do like they do like your papa. Sorry, Nana too dwam. All right? So, the love of God operates in humility. Say amen. We also said that if you operate in the, the love of God, does not behave itself unseemly. What is unseemly? Out of character. There are some of you. All it takes is for you to be angry, and they will see that you are not operating by the love of God. The thing that will come out of your mouth and your behavior. In fact, when they see you, they see you display. They see you display. Everything will scatter. The whole house. They will know that you have started again. They just say, say nah, so that they do not mind them. Now, every, now, which one they go? Refugees. May God have mercy on you. Because you are spoiling our name. So when I divest, hey, he say, so what he say, he does start. They don't start, not mind them. And their money devotion with that. When you love, you don't behave out of character. No matter the provocation, you are in character. Because to love is to operate like God. Can I ask you a question? If God was to lose it whenever you mess up, do you think you'll still be alive? So, so if God can forgive you, why will you not forgive somebody else? The way, the, in fact, the way you will express frustration is as if you yourself is perfect, that you were, not, you were not a child once. You didn't do exactly not worse than what your child is doing. You lose perspective because the situation is not clouding your judgment. The fact that that child disappointed in that situation, it's not his destiny. It's just because there are absence of certain attributes that he's yet to learn. So what you do is you teach him or you train him. That's why the Bible was very careful with the words. He said, train up a child. To train means to discipline, to coach, to educate. That's what you do. You train them. A chore you give to a child is a training opportunity to learn manners, to learn the right mindset. That's what they are. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so we continue. We said the Christ kind of love does not seek our own. What does it mean? It's not self-centered or self-serving. I can ask you a question. Who do you pray for in your prayer life? Do you pray for me? <laughs> don't answer. Don't worry, I know. You pray for church. Because the only time you remember you're praying for me is when you come and you say the prayer we pray here. But once you go, all you think about is yourself. Oh, God of heaven, I must get there. I must get it. It must happen. It must this. It must that. That's all you pray for. Self-centeredness, natural love. 
That's why the Spirit of God can't flow through you. Because the way you operate, when you go natural mode, the Holy Ghost is restricted from walking through you. Because the Holy Ghost only walks through the love of God. When you're not functioning by the love of God, you, you despise the Spirit. You resist the Holy Ghost in your life. You're operating by natural strength. Natural love is not self-centered. It always puts the interests of others be, before them. How can I be a blessing? How can I make a difference? He comes to church looking for opportunity to serve. That's, that's divine love. He doesn't wait to say, it's my, if you see, see something on the floor, it's not supposed to be there. There was one that came to pray in church. Some of the biscuit wrap that some of you mothers, your children ate, I was the one that picked it. Cleaned it with all the things some of you drank. Some of you, you are so, you are so wonderful. You will drink water. You will leave the bottle under the chair and you will go away. Because this is your house. You won't even remember. Just throw it in. That's how some of you are. You don't forgetting that this is the house of God. That's all. You don't care. But, but, but when you operate in divine love, you don't, do, you don't behave that way. You are trying to make a difference. So maybe you could just go to somebody's place and, and say, um, you, you look at someone and say, your Holy Spirit, please, how can you use me to make a difference in somebody's life today? As I go to church, who can you use me to serve? If we all think like that, this church will be different. Or think, Lord, how? Because everybody comes selfish. That prayer point that has not been answered. Hey, Jesus of heaven. That's all. That's all you're thinking about. And when church closes, you are, you are thinking of how to get to your food very quick and eat and watch all your movies that you want to watch. That's all you care. You're not thinking about souls. In the kingdom, your value, your value is felt when it affects people's life. That's how God rates your contribution. How may, can I ask you a question? Since you've been born again, since you've been coming to this church, how many lives can you say your life has affected? How many? How many people have become better because of you? How many people have become more lover of God because of you? You've been coming to church. You come every Sunday. Come sometime on Wednesday and sometime Friday. But I want to ask you a question because if you cannot answer that, then you know where you are spiritually. How many have become inspired by you? Or they know you are stubborn, strong-headed, selfish, self-centered. When it comes to you, it's an emergency. The love of God is not self-seeking. The next one, he says, the Christ kind of love will replace charity with... Um, Christ kind of love. Is that clear? All right. Charity or the Christ kind of life is not easily provoked. The word provoke means angered. The love of God is not easily angered. This losing your temper at will is not God because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor, say, cool it down. Because your nature, it, you, you, you must be able to manage and control your anger. Except you're not behaving like a Christian. Go to the next one. The Christ kind of love thinketh no evil. Everybody say, thinketh no evil. Yes. One translation says, it does not keep record of wrong. It does not keep what? Record of wrong. Say that. Say it doesn't keep record of wrong. Say it doesn't keep record of wrong. Write this down. What does this mean? He said, does not brood over wrong. Does not brood over wrong. Hello. I want to ask everybody one question. Has anybody done wrong to you before? If they have not wronged you, <laughs> please, I need to know the kind of human being you are. Has anybody done wrong to you before? Anybody here? So we all agree that someone at some point in time has wronged us. Is that not true? Very good. Now, the Bible is saying that even though we are wrong, as long as you are here, people will wrong you, whether you like it or not, whether you mean it or not, whether you want it or not, whether you expect it or not, people will wrong you because we are imperfect in that sense. But the Bible says, to be wrong is one thing, 
But to retain the record of it is antichrist. Always remembering the wrong that they did to you. What somebody said, what somebody did, you're always remembering it. You are always rehearsing it in your mind. And every time you rehearse it, you, you wound your soul afresh. And once your soul is wounded, you can't focus. You know one of the reasons sometimes our commitment gets scattered is because we didn't protect our soul, our emotion from the wrongs that people do to us. And, and the wound it creates makes us dysfunctional. And we begin to struggle. So the love of Christ, when you operate by the love of Christ, you don't brood over wrong. You see value in everyone irrespective of what they have done. When they brought the woman that was caught in adultery, you know what Jesus said to her? This woman, the people said this woman was caught in an act of adultery. And according to the law of Moses, she should be killed. They didn't bring the man, they brought only the woman. Jesus said, he that is without strain, what do you do? Oh yeah, cast the first stone. But they knew some of them had patronized her too, so they know. So one by one, just conscience pricked them and they left. When Jesus got up, they were all left. The woman couldn't look because she was so ashamed. By the time she, you know what Jesus said to her? He said, woman, he didn't say prostitute. Give me some of you, Ashawo. Because you know how to name people according to what they, as if you have not done something. Have you lied before? Yes. Did anybody call you a liar? But you, you like to call people by what they do. So you're not a prostitute, though. You're not a prostitute. You're a prostitute. And you, you've been committing fornication, though. So what are you? Because they don't catch you. Jesus said to the woman, Woman! That was dignity. Because that's how the love of God works. It's like when God saw Gideon. Gideon was scared, was afraid, was timid. He said, mighty man of valor. Is it me you're calling? This man doesn't look like mighty man of valor. You must be referring to somebody else. God looked at him because God will always see the best inside you. He'll look beyond your trash and see the treasure he placed inside you. God will not call you by where you are. He will call you by what he sees. That's how the love of God works. So when you operate the love of God, you don't allow temporary situation to confuse your perception of people. You see beyond that. And you know what Jesus said? He said, where are your accusers? He said, nobody is. He said, neither do I accuse you. Was it because there was no reason to accuse? There was. But he said, I choose not to. Then he now said, go and sin no more. Because why? The goodness of God is what produces genuine repentance. Somebody say amen. amen. Alright, another one quickly. The love of God does not rejoice in iniquity. Before some of you think that the love of God is mushy mushy, doesn't mean, doesn't matter what you do. Nah, that's not how it works. The love of God does not rejoice in what? Iniquity. The word iniquity there is translated, write this down, is translated injustice or unfairness or wrong that is done to others. It's a relational word. Whenever an injustice is done, the love of God doesn't rejoice. It weeps. It weeps. Christ. The love of God does not rejoice when there is injustice or fairness or wrong done to others. When, when the love of God hears about someone who falls, he doesn't rejoice. He weeps. He cries and begins to pray. But today, if somebody in the body of Christ does something, the first place you will hear it for some. You don't hear? Ah, you know about here? Make I tell you. We are really in the last days. Very last days. Can you imagine? You remember that man of God? Even the person, maybe the person I've not even heard. So you know about here, that man of God? Now, wow, where you day? Your data your that don't finish. Your people now use social media as a gossip too. When, when something happens to a fellow believer, like you forget that it's your brother or your sister, you will be the one going to publicize it on the street and disgracing them. You now put some snacks in our wow. Nobody, nobody knows who they will trust these days. Forgetting that you are making yourself an untrustworthy person. The second thing that he says there, he said the Christ kind of rejoices in the truth. When the truth of Christ prevails, it rejoices. Of fairness. It takes sides with truth. 
That was what Jesus demonstrated to the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. What was the truth? The truth is that God loves her. But the love of God did not rejoice in her iniquity because Jesus said, go and sin no more. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, so let's continue. The Christ kind of love bears, everybody say bears all things. What does it mean to bear? Write this down. It means to cover with silence or to protect. To cover with silence or to do what? Or to protect. If your son has an issue, you're trying to deal with something. Let me start from the home. And, 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 and maybe you're always telling him to do something. He's not doing it well. You protect that child with love as you discipline the child. You don't just go... See my picture. Blessing that devil don't enter head. In fact, you know they hear what? Have you had some women talk like that? Mothers. You know they hear what? They disgrace me everywhere I go. You just sit among your friends. You don't even know the one that is jealous of you. Say that my picture. That one. That devil. Say devil. You know they do anything right. You you are not displaying God's love. If you are displaying God's love, you you will protect that child with love. Protecting the child of love, you keep training that child until he or she gets it right. That's why God does not publish your sin in the street. Hello? Somebody says, oh God, forgive me. Who heard? Is it not between you and God? Eh? Did he come to the street and announce it? Did he disgrace you in public? So why do you disgrace other people? Some of you, you are in church and you hear something happen to someone... And you will not protect it because the Bible says love covereth a multitude of sin. You protect. Why? Because you want, you want to give the brother an opportunity for repentance and to get it right. Or give the sister an opportunity for repentance. To get, there, there are some things that have happened to you some of you don't know. It's just within the leadership. Why are we doing that? We're protecting it because we want the person because that mistake or whatever flaw doesn't define who the person is. It doesn't do that. Good as some of you, if you hear some of the things I hear as a pastor, you, some of you say, now, wow. Because you're not trained in the word of God. Love protects. When you hear something bad happens to someone, you go to pastor or you go to someone who can pray for the person. And they can engage, put system in place to restore the brother. That's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6. He said, you who are spiritual, Learn to hold. Let me, let me read it. Go to Galatians 6. Let me show you that. If we're operating in the love of God, we'll, 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 some of these things we'll know. But some of you, huh, you are, are proco incorporated in the house of God. Everything, you, you, don't, you, you don't hear. Okay, you never hear. Ah, <laughs> hey, come and join my association. I go tell you to the apple for refugees. Are proco incorporated. Oh, you know by here? <laughs> I get current affair. You know by here? Okay, I will tell you this one. Are you going to carry trouble that you don't want? Galatians 6. What did the Bible say about how is the love way to restore somebody who is overtaken in the fall? Are you there? Galatians 6. What did he say in verse 1? If a man, which is male or female, be overtaken in a fall, you which are what? Spiritual. Restore such a one in what? In the spirit of humility or meekness, considering yourself, lest thou also be what? Tempted. Because love bears all things. Call, call, say, come, come. Jesus knew that uh, what's his name? Judas Iscariot was stealing from the post. He knew. Nobody else knew. Except Christ. And it was towards the last because John was the one that wrote it. Say so he steals from the post. Because John was very, was very close. He was always hanging around Jesus. He was very close. That was why he was one of the disciples they couldn't physically kill. He had drawn so much from Christ. But not one day, Jesus said, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Today my message is stealing from the post. All of you who steal from the post, God will punish you. You think I don't know? I know. I may not be saying it, but you are saying it. God will punish you. It will not end well for you. Stealing from the post. Hey, judgment will start in the house of God. That's how some of you are. 
Because to you, there's no opportunity for repentance in your book. You now become the law, the rod of judgment. That's what you do. That's why people can't come around you because you're judgmental. You're vindictive. You always give out this sense that you are holier than thou people. You don't make mistakes at all. Everything is always prim and proper with you because people don't know your story. They don't know your issues. The house of God is a house of love. It doesn't tolerate iniquity, but it also creates opportunity for people to be restored. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Love bears offense. It bears offense. When you know somebody has an issue, you love the person till the person gets to see the truth of what Christ says about him so he can align and begin to function right. You don't begin to express distaste when you talk about people's fault. You, you talk about it as if you yourself, you don't have a fault. Can you imagine? They're a the thief for church. They're a the thief for church. For the house of God, they're a the thief. Can you imagine? No fear of God. What of you are proko? All, when, you, when you want to hear anything worse, it will come out of your mouth. You are current affair of bad news. Say, now, nah, wow, they always clap their hand. That demonic way of clapping, now, nah, wow, hey, God will help person. It's you that God will help. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? It applies to your relationship. Love bears, it covers with silence. It protects because it gives opportunity for repentance. It doesn't condole. There's a difference. It doesn't engage. He knows the person is living in a reoccurring scene. He doesn't condole that. He doesn't condole that. But he sees a genuineness in the heart of the person. And you give opportunity for the person to correct itself. If the person proves otherwise, it's not on you, it's on the person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, the Bible says, love believes all things. Everybody says, believes all things. The Greek word for believe all things means the love of God is dependable. Everybody say dependable. You know why some people cannot come to talk to you? Because every time they come and confide in you, what they tell you, they hear it on the street. That's why they can't come to you. Unknown to you, the moment you go, in fact, it's like you are providing them ammunition to finish you. But when you operate in the love of God, you know how to be confident. People can trust you. They can, they can feel safe when they come around you. Don't you feel safe when you come around the presence of God? Answer me now. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. yeah. He loves you. That's why there are certain things God will want to tell you. He will never, for those of you that have a wrong orientation about the prophetic, the prophetic cannot tell you everything about your life. Are you hearing me? Let me repeat it. The prophetic cannot tell you everything about your life. There are certain things God has reserved for fellowship between you and him. Are you hearing me? You will never be, you will not, no, that, that's not good English. You will not, okay, no, it's good, it's cannot, or can be able, that's the wrong word. You will not be able to hear certain things about your destiny if you don't spend time with God alone. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Thinking that one man of God will tell you, if you say, man of God, tell me what you need to see. He's not seeing anything. Are you hearing me? He's not seeing anything. Believes that is full of godly trust. Then he says, the love of God hopes all things. Write this down. What does hope mean? It means to have confident expectation. Everybody say confident expectation. That's what you have for your children. Even though they are misbehaving now, you look at them and you smile. Not because you tolerate what they are doing, but you have confident expectation that they will turn out good. Say amen. amen. That's how the love of God is. So you encourage yourself. Even if I discipline now, even if I shout now, I'm doing that with the confident expectation that you will become what God says you are. So you don't stop speaking the word of God over them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because to, how many of you know raising children is spiritual? It's spiritual. I hope you know that too. It's not just going to collect one principle from one place and the other. There are, there are spiritual entities and realities involved. If you don't engage the word, you are just wasting your time. You may be raising another thief. Praise the name of the Lord. So the love of God is full of hope, full of confidence expectation. Then finally, the love of God endures all things. Everybody say endure. What does it mean to endure? It means to, you can count on it. When people who love God and operate with the love of God, 
they know how to persevere under pressure. The word endure means to persevere under pressure. It doesn't matter how tough the situation is. They are tougher than the situation. Hallelujah. They don't break. Because you can't break God. So if I have his nature, you can't break me. Hallelujah. You stand tall. They believe God is faithful. And his word will never lie. Glory be to God. These are the people who change the world. Because there's, the, the endurance aspect of God's love shows that God's love has staying power. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's love has what? Staying power. It doesn't give up when every other person has given up. As a matter of fact, the love of God never gives up. Never gives up. It endures. Am I making any sense? It what? It endures. The love of God endures. Hi, somebody speak in tongue. Speak in tongue for like 30 seconds. Come on. Speak in tongue. Tayo, please come. Tayo. Speaking tongue. Get this thing into your spirit. Because I'm going to make some statement then. We're going to round up. Come on, come on. In Jesus' name. All right. Now, we've gone through the attributes of the love of God. The love of God endures. So there is no situation that will face your relationship that will threaten your relationship. Why? Because the love of God endures. Everybody say the love of God endures. Let me say this. Having gone through these attributes to know that you're operating in the love of God, the works of the flesh through offense seeks to prevent the believer from manifesting these attributes of love. He wants that whenever a situation comes where you're supposed to operate the love of God, what does he want you to do? He wants you to operate in natural love, the flesh. You don't forgive. So in order to do that, he has designed several, several offenses. Everybody say offenses. What are these offenses? These offenses, are, they are designed to prevent you and I from manifesting the attributes of the love of God that we now possess. It does this by seeking to replace them with false manifestations that are antichrist. What are they? Write this down. We're going to begin to investigate them in our next service. The works of the flesh that constitute offenses, write this down. Each of these works of the flesh, they are direct assault on the nature of God's love that we carry. They are meant to prevent you and I from walking in love. That's what they are. And there are about nine of them. How many of them? Each of them are instrument of offense. They are meant to keep you operating in natural love. So that you don't function by the love of God. Because when you operate by the love of God, you operate in God and you operate by God. And when you operate in God and by God, then you get God's power to work for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Write this down. Number one, hatred. Everybody say hatred. hatred. Say, say hatred. hatred. Yeah. We're going to look at what that means. Hatred is dangerous. You and I deal with that every day. Some of you are sitting in church now, you have issues with hatred. There's someone you hate. What is it? How does it function? Second, write in number two. Everybody say variance. Variance simply means to be quarrelsome. What variance comes from the word quarrel. Many of us, opportunity for quarrel happens every day. Is that not true? Yeah, variance. How do you react when quarrel comes? Do you react in the flesh or do you react in the spirit? Quarrel. Quarrel. Everybody say quarrel, quarrel. Mm -hmm. Then the third one is emulation. Emulation is another work of the flesh. That's where competitive jealousy comes from. Competition and comparing yourself. That's emulation. Then number four, wrath. Wrath is a metamorphosis of anger that is outside the boundaries of the control of God's wisdom. When your anger turns into wrath, it has entered the level where it's not controlled by the wisdom of God anymore. What is that? We'll see into that. Number five, strife. Everybody says strife. What is strife? Infightings over issues. Disagreement. Number six, sedition. Everybody says sedition. sedition. Now, these are from Galatians chapter five. You can confirm them there. Sedition has to do with disunity. Disunity is so potent that it can destroy a good thing. Most move of God that has been started in history 
was terminated by division or sedition. Number seven, everybody say heresies. Heresies are disagreements that lead to disunity. Disagreement of self-interest that leads to this to, to disunity. Number eight, envy. Envy. Everybody say envy. This is when someone's achievement becomes a threat to you. Just because somebody is doing well, it becomes a threat to you. We're going to look into that. Number nine, everybody say murder. Yeah, murder. Murder means to kill. I will shock you that in the New Testament interpretation of killing is much more than killing somebody physically. The word murder means character assassination. When you talk negative about someone behind their back, you're committing murder. You're killing their character. That's what you do. So we're going to look at these nine areas and go to the next category of the works of the flesh, which is the final one, which is pleasure. Our one is, is deadly because we're creatures of pleasure. But Satan seeks to invade that and take advantage of that. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Has somebody been blessed today? All right, begin to talk to God. Talk to him right now. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Father, thank you. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord. You are holy. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. You are holy. You are holy. Yes, Lord. Holy, 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 holy is the For joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.